Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to another episode. I'm extra excited. This has been a long time coming. My friend Amy Natalie is on the podcast today, and I've been following her for the past year. She's actually, before we ever met, before I ever DM'd her, she was an integral part in me healing just wounds and places where I was out of alignment with money, with relationships, with my own authenticity. And so I have wanted to have her on the podcast for so long, and she's here today. If you've never heard of Amy, she's a women's empowerment coach and feminine embodiment guide with over a decade of coaching experience. She specializes in helping ambitious women to embody their confidence and emerge as the most authentic version of themselves. If she's not in the right place, guys, this is (laughs) for today. Amy's mission is to reconnect women to their feminine power so that they can experience a life of pleasure and purpose. She's the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, which I've followed for the past year, guys. Go check it out, which has over 250 episodes and reaches women from all around the globe. Amy, welcome. How are you? Mm, it's so beautiful to be here. I've really enjoyed connecting with you on Instagram and having you in my podcast community and feel so inspired what you've created and how you're serving other women. And I really feel like my work is so fulfilling because when women come home to their authentic self and when they're living in their truth and their power, that's when they have the capacity to give back to others. But when we're so stuck in our own anxiety and our own trauma and our own relationship challenges it takes up so much energetic capacity that we don't even have space to show up for others in the way that we want to. We, we, it's hard for us to connect with our creativity, with our aliveness, with our passions when we're so bogged down. And I share that from my own experience too, which I'm sure we'll talk about today, but yeah, I, I love what you're what you're doing, the podcast, the way that you're serving women, and the way that you share your personal story is is so impactful. So thank you for having me and thanks for the work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you. And when you speak about that, like you know, staying in your authentic power, aligned with your own values, speaking your truth. It's interesting because a lot of the women are coming to me like wanting to save their marriage, wondering if it's beyond repair, wanting to fix it. But deeper down, when we really uncover it, what they really want is just to be in aligned, anchored, rooted. Yeah, alignment is just the best word I can think of for it. And so I know your story resonates um, with being at that place of should I stay, should I go? You've gone through your own journey. So I'd love for the audience to hear it if you are willing to share. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love sharing my story because looking back on who I was six or seven years ago and who I am today, it's a completely different woman sitting in front of you. And I think back then externally, it looked like everything in my life was great. I looked like I was confident. I had a business that I was running. I was a nutritionist and a health coach. I was at the time married. I had, we owned a beautiful home. We had a cute puppy. We just like had all the things on paper that you would think would make you happy. And I think society has this formula that we're taught. It's like, okay, if you get married before the age of 30 and then you have kids and then you save for retirement and then you take a couple vacations a year, like that is what equals success. And many, many people are awakening to the fact that that's not actually true because we reach all these accolades and then we're like, oh, wait why do I feel so unfulfilled? Why does it feel like something's missing? Why am I so anxious all the time? Why am I depressed? And that's really where I was six or seven years ago, where I had body image issues. I was constantly in anxiety. I was depressed. I was on like four or five different medications to manage my mood and my hormones. And I was really confused and conflicted inside. I started to awaken and really see that the life that I was living wasn't making me happy. And I was really confused about that. So once I started to recognize that my mental health issues that I was having was actually a deeper spiritual crisis, it was, oh, I'm not being my authentic self and the life that I'm living isn't true for me. And that took a lot of self-discovery, working with therapists, working with coaches, diving into meditation and becoming a yoga teacher and like really going deep in this discovery of like, why am I so unhappy? And eventually I hit rock bottom. I remember sitting in the bathtub and I was just sitting there and I'm like, I am so exhausted tears running down my face, just like I have gone back and forth in my mind. Am I going to stay in this marriage? Am I going to leave this marriage? Like, It's not just even about the marriage. It's like the lifestyle that I'm living is so cookie cutter that like my soul is starving. And I didn't know exactly what was going to be next, but I knew that how I was living was out of alignment. And so I sat there in the bathtub and I had this moment where I was just like, God, universe, source, like, please help me. Like, I need your help. I can't keep trying to figure this out on my own. I'm done trying to figure this out. Like, please show me a sign. Please show me the way. That was the first time that I ever prayed. It was the first time where I realized that there was something greater than me. Like, I had read about spiritual practices. I had read about the universe and God, but like, I didn't really get it. And leading up to that point, it was really challenging because like I said, on paper, everything looked good. And in my particular case with my marriage, we didn't fight. We didn't argue, but there was a lot that was swept under the rug. And I was feeling unmet in a lot of different ways. I was feeling unmet sexually. I was feeling unmet intellectually and spiritually. I was feeling unmet in some of my core values around health and wellness. And the hard part was that because there was nothing quote unquote wrong, 
it felt so much harder to leave because we had a friendship. We had a, we cared about each other. He, he was nice. He was kind. He was like all the things that I guess you could say, like my parents would want for me as their daughter of like, oh, he's a nice Jewish man. And I come from a Jewish family. Right. And so I was like, oh, cool. Like everyone approves of this. And our families were so intertwined. And it was like, oh my God, if I end this, not only am I going to be hurting my partner and I feel really emotional just thinking about this, but it was like, I felt like I was going to be letting my family down. I felt like I was going to be letting his family down. I felt like I was going to lose everything. And I feel like I had to get to that place And this happened during a meditation that I was doing because I was like waking up with anxiety at like 3 a.m. And I was like, nothing else that I could do but go meditate. I was like, I need to like work on my anxiety. And so as I was sitting there in meditation, this, this question came through from, I would say like my higher self, which was like, are you going to keep trying to make everyone else happy at the expense of your own happiness? And then I got thinking that like, I can't actually make other people happy. Like that's their responsibility. And if I was going to keep doing what I was doing, my health would continue to decline. My mental, my mental health and physical health, both of them would continue to decline. And I would be inauthentic to my partner. I would be inauthentic to my parents and I couldn't live a lie anymore. So it took a really long time to get to that place, but that was really the point where I was like, oh, this is actually really selfish for me to continue being in this relationship when I know deep down that this isn't the right relationship for me. And the last piece I want to share about my story is that I knew before we got engaged that there were things that were out of alignment. But because we had been together for a couple of years, because we had gotten into the life that we were living, things went quickly. For the first couple of years, I thought that it's what I wanted. And as I started to awaken, I was like, oh, wait, you know, this isn't in alignment with who I really am. And so I knew, but I still went forward with it because of people pleasing, because of fear, because I didn't really know myself. I wasn't fully in my power. And I didn't really trust myself to make those decisions. So that piece I think is important because I do feel like a lot of women before they get married actually know um, if it's in alignment or not, not always. And my story is unique to me. So, you know, take what, take what feels true for you. Um, But yeah, I think that piece is really important to share as well that like I had this inner knowing for about three out of the five years that I was with him, but I didn't make the decision until about year five. Mm. Man, year five is really a turning point for a lot of people. I've noticed it's where a lot of women are either just like they have stuffed so much under the rug for so long. And this is kind of the breaking point. Like I'm done. I'm going to start speaking my truth. And it does end up leading to kind of this crossroads of like, what direction are we going to go with this? But first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. And even, I mean, the part where you got the most vulnerable when you started to talk about the amount of, when you got emotional, I mean, when you started to talk about the pressure of you just trying to find your answers, feeling in your core and your being in your body that something was off and you just wanting clarity was holding this insurmountable pressure of two entire families 
Like, how insane is that? Like, I just, I'm picturing you crying in that bathtub, holding the weight of that. And it reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen the movie Encanto, the Disney movie. It's, yeah, amazing. But there's this song, Surface Pressure, that resonated with so many people. And people were going, you know, viral, like crying, listening to this song, because it's this um, character holding this giant, the weight of the world on her back and just constantly feeling like she needed to keep up with everyone's expectations and never really stop to step into what she needed. And so I'm curious, even you talking about it right now, like what brings up the emotions? What was it that made you even tear up at that point, retelling that part? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting because it's been so long and it literally feels like another lifetime. Like I feel like I've lived... 15 lifetimes in this lifetime. And I'm currently 34 years old. So who knows how many, (laughs) how many (laughs) lifetimes I'll live in this one, right. Uh, Moving forward. But it's interesting because I'm currently in the process of finishing my book, my first book that's going to be coming out. And when I read the story again, yesterday or the day before the same thing happened, I started to tear up. And I think what comes up for me is just like how hard that was for me and also like how much I do deeply care about my family and how much I do deeply care about my ex-husband and about his family and like just so much tears of of grief still but also tears of how proud of myself mm-hmm. I am for moving through that challenge and for getting to the other side and for how much it's opened up for not only me, but thousands of women at this point, because I listened to my soul, because I did the deeper work to really align with my truth and live in that, like so much has unfolded since then. So I think it's a a combination of those. This is so relatable to just so many women listening to this right now. I know they're on the fence of like, should I stay or should I go? They're crying in their bathtub. They feel exhausted. And there may be a piece of them. It could be the lifestyle where it's, I love how you phrased it. Just it's so cookie cutter and my soul is starving for other. It's kind of these big traumatic events, whether they've been, you know, cheated on or there's abuse going on, but they know deep down something's off. Now I was in that spot too. And I thought my fear actually going into the deeper work was shoot, I'm going to get all healed. And then I'm going to finally have the courage to step away. And I was actually surprised at like where my path went. I was like, whoa, for the first time I have this trust in myself, this deep intuition, because I grew up too in spiritual communities where I wasn't um, encouraged to trust myself. It was trust authority, trust everything external, like trusting yourself was bad. So very corroded relationship with my intuition. So it was the first time that I was able to feel into like, I actually do want to stay here and I feel safe and this is who I want to heal with. Um, but it's not everybody's story. And I'm so glad you're on here because sometimes people come to me and like, wait, what if I don't want to stay in my marriage? You know, I'm just afraid to figure that out, or I don't know how to figure that out. And so, yeah. What advice do you have for the woman who's crying in her bathtub? So back and forth wondering, is this my intuition leading me away or is this just fear? Like, how do I move forward here? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that is such a deep internal process of sifting through what is this anxiety? What is this fear? What is it telling me? And similar to you, like it doesn't always mean that you're never going to end up back with the person. It means that the current version of the relationship as it stands right now, there's something out of alignment with it. So that version of the relationship has to change. It has to die. You would not be feeling the way that you are feeling right now if this relationship was supportive and aligned and healthy. So even regardless of what ends up happening in the future, the fact is right now, there's something that's creating the anxiety, that's creating the stress, the overwhelm, the confusion. There's something off and you have to listen to that. It wouldn't be like that if it was in alignment. So I want you to know you can trust what you're feeling right now. You can trust that there's a reason why you're having this experience. So when I think about intuition, intuition lives in our body. It's the whisper of our soul. It's that inner knowing, and we hear our intuition in different ways. We can hear it through a feeling. We can hear it through a knowing. We can hear it through like that that gut feeling or getting goosebumps or chills on our body. We can hear a voice coming through for us. We can see a vision. Um, for me, a lot of my intuition was actually speaking to me through different signs. So I would like pick up a book, and I would open the book and. I, I literally, re I remember reading this story of a woman who was in almost the exact same position that I was in, except she wasn't married, but she had moved in with her partner. And she was talking about the inner turmoil that she was going through to finally make the decision. And then she shared about what happened when she did make the decision and that she ended up coming out on the other side and she ended up meeting her life partner, a soul match. And like, I just needed that in that moment so badly. And I kept meeting people and just seeing different signs, hearing different songs, and they were all guiding me. So our intuition can speak to us in so many different ways. Now you can tell if it's your ego, if it's fear-based, if you're worrying, if you're overthinking, if you are questioning yourself, that's usually your ego. That's your mind. The ego can also come up with like really mean things to say to you. Like for me, it was like, who do you think you are? Like, why do you think that the grass is greener on the other side? Like, why are you so ungrateful? What's wrong with you? Like that was my ego being like, you're messed up. This isn't about your relationship. It's about you. And so those are kind of the differentiating factors. Now, you will not be able to hear your intuition if you don't take time to listen to it. Your intuition needs quiet. It needs time to, to be heard. So whether that's walking in nature, doing a meditation, going to yoga, finding ways to connect with your soul is where you're going to hear that inner voice. So that's the key right now. If you're finding yourself really spinning out, it, I know it can be really scary to go to that place, but that's the only way that you're going to start to gain clarity is to create space to listen to it. It can be terrifying because it is the fear of what answer am I going to find? What if I don't like the answer? 
And I love the point you make about just having to be quiet in order to listen to it. And that's part of what made it so difficult for so long for me, for a lot of women who listen to this, you know, they are hyperachievers, you know, this is how we cope with the disconnection in our marriage. We're good at accomplishing things and striving and reaching the next goal. And when you're doing that, it leaves no space to sit with the discomfort, with the pain, with the grief, um, and with the possibility of life taking a different track. And so the quietness can feel like such a threat at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, sit and meditate. Like, ah, like it, the first time I did, I felt like I was screaming in my head, like, what is this? And going slow felt like torture because I was so used to this like high speed, um, you know, track I was on, but it just, I think our stories align a lot that like I relate to you because your body got to a point you said where you just felt like you know you're anxious you were depressed you were you know confused conflicted and your body was just off all the time and so that's where we start to find the wisdom when my nervous system was breaking down everything was falling apart I was like okay I need to start listening because this is this is rock bottom for me So what did that look like for you as you did gain clarity, you got the support you needed, you know, you, you did the work to sit still enough and start to listen to your intuition. What did it look like when it was time to talk to your now Mm ex-husband? Yeah, it was interesting because as I started to get more clear on my truth, I kept being like, okay, but we still have our anniversary coming up and we have family trips and we have all of this stuff planned. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do it next February. And this was like, I don't know, maybe August. And I was like, oh, I'll just do it later. Like I'll yeah. wait. And I kept like telling myself, cause I was so afraid. And yeah. I was like, how could I do this right now? Like this, this, this is not good timing. And so I kept trying to push it back. But when I would go on, I went on a yoga retreat and I literally just like bawled my eyes out most, most practices. Like most of the time I was just like in that grief and I was already starting to let go of the marriage and let go of the life because I was grieving so much as I was going through this process. And I wasn't planning on telling my ex-husband so soon, but the timeline just kept speeding up. Cause I was like, how am I going to sit at Thanksgiving with both of our families knowing that I'm going to end this relationship in this marriage. Like, how am I going to do that? I can't. So it just became more and more evident that I needed to have the conversation, but it still was surprising. So I had been meditating early in the morning. Again, I had woken up, couldn't go back to sleep, went into the other room, meditated, came back. Now it's probably like 5.30 or 6 a.m., multiple days in a row doing the same thing. And my ex-husband was like, what's going on? Like, yeah, what's happening? And I was like, well, I feel like done a lot of reflecting and I feel like there is someone better out there for you and there's a better match for me and this relationship is no longer working. And I had worked with my therapist to figure out a way to communicate this in which it was quote unquote less traumatic for him because 
this is traumatic. You know, yeah. this is a really big experience and I knew it was going to be really hard for him. And I didn't want to add to his story that was already there of unworthiness or his lack of confidence. And so I was like, how do I share this in the most simple way and in the most truthful way mm-hmm. and where I can deliver it with love and honesty without having to have a whole speech or a whole story, et cetera. And so that's what I landed on, which ultimately was my truth. And there was a lot of shock and confusion and the whole process of grief um, that like the cycle where he was like mad at me and then he wanted to get back together with me and then he would yell, which he did not yell at me during our relationship. But in this process, it was really painful for him. And the whole time that that was happening, I just have to stay so anchored in my truth Mm -hmm. and come back to my practices. And I remember one time like him going through this cycle and, and like really digging and saying some mean things to me that, you know, he was hurt and he was projecting that on me. And I remember sitting there and just internally, I was like, Amy, I love you. You don't deserve this. Amy, I love you. Like, Mm -hmm. I trust you. And just really giving myself that love and compassion, which was hard because a part of me felt like I was being a bad person and that I was messing up his life and all of that. But I had come to that place of truth that I knew he was going to be okay eventually. Mm -hmm. And that this was ultimately the right decision for everyone. I just had, yeah, chills flush through my body when you're describing the way you're talking to yourself. And I don't know how you were before this, but that was one of the hardest parts of my transition was like learning the self-compassionate talk, even like the hand on my heart, the holding myself in those moments when stuff was spiraling around me. Um, Was that, did you used to have a louder inner critic? Like, were you more in your masculine energy? How was it for you before? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as mentors and and coaches and teachers, like we teach what we need to learn the most. (laughs) And prior to doing this deeper work, my inner critic was alive 90 to 100% of the time. Like most of my thoughts were self-critical. They were self-deprecating. It was really painful to be inside of my head. And through, yeah, through the process of connecting more deeply with my feminine energy, connecting more deeply with that inner nurturer voice. I call it the inner mother, like the mother archetype where it's like bringing reparenting back online, bringing in child, inner child work into, into my healing. I really started to cultivate that voice of inner compassion and kindness towards myself. And same thing, what you just shared, like putting your hand on your heart and offering that gesture of love and kindness. I mean, I've probably done that a million times by Mm -hmm. now. And on my journey, I still do it when I'm feeling anxious or when I notice that I might not be as kind to myself, it's coming back to that sense of compassion. And that's a huge piece of the work that I do with my clients, you know, as overachievers and, women who are perfectionists and put a lot of pressure on ourselves all of the time, bringing that voice of self-compassion in is so essential for healing. Um, I've heard a quote, I don't know exactly how it goes, but it's like, you can't hate yourself to change. You can't, Mm. you can't be mean to yourself and then expect something to change. Mm. It doesn't work like that. It has to come from that place of gentleness, of love, of compassion. 
Yeah. Like you can't whip yourself into change. You can't beat yourself into change. We tried for a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doesn't work. There's a client of mine right now. Um, She's been in the program for a year, has had incredible healing personally. Like I've never seen such an anchored at peace, aligned, trust herself version of herself. But the truth she's starting to find right now, they are separated, her and her husband, and they did start talking about divorce for the first time this week. And she's grieving. She's going through all of it. At the same time, she feels like this is what, you know, is clear to me as much as it hurts. And she has told like her few safe space people, but at some point this will be known. And she's very known in the community that she's in. Like there's a big, you know, church community, big family. And so I'm sure that came across with your Jewish families, right? At some point, there probably were opinions of support. There probably were opinions of what are you doing? And so how did you hold yourself through that time when it came to family members and friends and their opinions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's times like this where you really see who your true allies are. And I was surprised. I I really got to a place where I had to be okay with the fact that there were going to be many people who had judgments about me, that there were going to be many people who didn't agree with my decision who were going to make up stories about me. And that's really, really hard. And I was willing to lose all of that in order to emerge in my own happiness and my own alignment. So there were many people, mostly friends that were on his side and like community members that were on his side that, you know, had their opinions and it was really challenging, but the love and the support that I received, like the genuine love and support that I received and the new connections that I made as my authentic self, like it literally almost felt like women were coming out of the woodworks. I was like, where are all these amazing women coming from at this time where I'm going through this process? I'm like, how are these people coming up in my life at this time? It literally felt like angels like coming in to support me. And that love far outweighed like the the, the hatred or the judgment or like whatever stories people were making up. I was like, okay, those aren't my people. Those aren't the people that I can trust that really see me. And some of those people came around eventually, but a lot of them didn't. And to be honest, I'm better off without that. Mm -hmm. You know, I really am. I don't feel like those relationships were authentic in the first place. They were based on an illusion and a construct and conditional based on me following the rules or being playing the role that they thought I should play. It's like you never actually lost the love and belonging. You were so terrified to lose back in that bathtub, crying, holding the weight of these two families. And instead, like you stepping into this is Amy, this is me. I'm terrified. My voice is trembling. I'm going to speak my truth. You attracted deep, authentic, love, belonging. And I think at all of our core, that's our biggest fear. It's That's the single source of all human suffering that I can think of is a severed mm-hmm. 
or broken sense or threatened sense of our love and belonging, but that never went away for you. It only came in in droves like angels. Um, and now I know your life too. Like this is such a fast forwarded version of your story. We could dive into so many different parts, but <laughs> just for, you know, um, the sake of time today, I'd love to just hear how your relationship is going now, even to give hope that, Hey, there is life beyond what feels like death to, you know, maybe this life or this version of you right now, how is your relationship going? What is the best part of it? What feels, I guess, what feels like, Oh my God, I am being authentically me. I'm in my truth, but there's such a deep, satisfying connection with this human. Mm-hmm. I'm already crying before I even answer this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So yes, it's the fast forwarded version and there's so much that's happened in between then so much deep healing, so many other connections that have taught me so many lessons and so much about myself. And I really believe that I was meant to be married and I was meant to go through that chapter and that I was meant to learn those lessons and that they have led me to the love that I'm experiencing today. Um, the way that I would describe this relationship is embodied union. It is so deep and so multifaceted and so true and so honest. And I feel like I'm being met in all of the deeper ways that I wasn't being met in my marriage and in other relationships too. The depth of emotional connection, intellectual connection, the soul connection, the sexual connection, there's there's all of that. And not only can I be my authentic self, but I am deeply celebrated for being my authentic self. Like one of my favorite things that he said to me, it was like this like week, I think maybe the week before my period. And I was like, babe, can we just watch a movie and hang out? And like, I don't normally like, I'm usually pretty active and we're adventurous and we go on all these like nature things. And I was just like, can we just watch a movie and hang out? And as we were watching a movie, he's like, I love all of your phases. And what he meant by that was like, he loves watching and, and, and feeling and experiencing all of my different phases of my menstrual cycle of like, there's times where I feel really like alive and, and happy. And I'm like outgoing. And then there's times where I'm like tired and a little bit moody and like, And part of that is because I'm able to communicate that and I know my cycle and I know my body so well and that it's not like reactive or like projecting onto him. But like just that alone is one small example. Like I could talk about this forever, Mm. but I feel like that's just such a representation of like, yeah, I get to be all of me. I get to be messy. I get to be emotional. I get to be sweet. I get to be sensual and spicy. I get to be fun and playful and silly. And all of that, again, is not just like, okay, but it's like welcomed and it's loved and it's celebrated. And yeah, we've had some really deep, honest, challenging conversations specifically in the beginning of our relationship, which it wasn't just this fairy tale, like, okay, I knew at first sight, but it was like, okay, is this someone that I can see myself being with? Is this in alignment? And we had to have some of those conversations and he leaned into those. He didn't like 
shy away from them or be like, oh my God, this is too much for me. I can't go there. He was like, oh, I want to be in this conversation with you. I love that. You're like, this time we're going to start off with all of this. Let's get honest from the get-go. And he passed the test, it sounds like. And Mm -hmm. I love that example you gave. Like the thing that turns you on is like, babe, I love you in your luteal phase. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's amazing. (laughs) Um, I love talking to you, Amy. I'm curious, just last random question. Have you taken the Enneagram test? Are you into the Enneagram at all? I have not taken the Enneagram test. I know a lot of people love it. Yeah. (laughs) My partner really likes Enneagram. He's studied it more, but yeah, I'm, I'm more into like human design and I don't know. That was my next question. Feminine archetypes and all the things. So yeah. So what's your human design? I am a manifesting generator and I believe I'm a six, three or a six, two. I'm a yeah. manifesting generator six, two. Oh, okay. We might, we might be the same. <laughs> that be. sounds about right. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today and I can't wait for a continued conversation for people who want to go, um, follow you and get to know you more. Where can they find you? Yeah. So first the feminine frequency podcast, which is, I believe where Rebecca found me. So come on over plenty of amazing episodes on there. And another place that you can find me is on Instagram. You can find me at Amy Natalie co. And I invite you to send me a message. If this podcast resonated, if any part of my story resonated for you, I love connecting with listeners and would love to say hello to you and hear what resonated for you. And then lastly, I'd love to offer a gift for anyone who's like, okay, how do I connect with my soul? How do I stay in alignment with my power? I have a free guided meditation. It's called the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, and it's a really powerful practice. I actually go back and listen to it myself sometimes because I'm like, oh, this is so good. It really helps me to get into alignment. So um, if you want to download that, I can give Rebecca the link for that, or you can go to my website, amynatalieco.com, and you'll find it on there. Awesome. We'll include all of that in the show notes. And Amy, thank you again. I can't wait to talk soon, probably on Instagram. Yeah. Thanks so much. Ah, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday.